What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Burrell. Welcome back to the In The Round Podcast, episode 81. We've done 81 of these damn things now. And today, a very special guest, one of my favorites, uh, folk, a girl who's become a good friend here recently, Miss Harper O'Neill, joining us today, talking about her life uh, before moving to Nashville, we're having her big girl job, being here for about three years, and what it's like to be a part of the Fam Jam, her and her badass crew of singer-songwriter friends. But before we get to that conversation, we got to tell y'all about the sponsors. Of course, Whale Tail Media, Whales, and Gracie, and Beezy, and Paige, and the whole crew over there getting it done. Content, content, content. They have got you covered. And you can always buy some cool merch at our writer's rounds. That uh, They just got some cool new shirts in, some cool new hats. So go check them out. And they even do weddings if you're getting hitched. Whale Tail Weddings. Look them up. Whale Tail Media. Next, our friends from Saxman Studios, Grady and the Boys. A great studio here in Nashville, Tennessee. Big supporters of the industry. Uh, big supporters of us. Big supporters of the scene. The up-and-comers. Uh, those, those newer folks to town. And uh, they, they get it done. So if you're looking for a place to record a project, check out our friends at Saxman Studios. And then last but certainly not least, our friends in the green world, Trailside CBD. They have a brand new Delta 8 product. They're making their own disposable pens, y'all. Go check them out. They even got Pineapple Express flavor. It is awesome. Um, our boy Andrew, they are huge supporters. And you can always get hooked up by coming to one of our writer's rounds. Go to trailsidecbd.com. Use the promo code ITR at checkout. And you save 20% on your order, baby. Go check them out. Now, without further ado, we're going to get into it. Our sit-down with the lovely Miss Harper O'Neill here on the In The Round podcast. So how you doing today, Miss Harper O'Neill? How's that Miller Lite treating you? Man, it is ice cold. <laughs> I thought like the whole like Fam Jam crew was like a Coors crew. So they I'm, might I'm happy be. to hear that you're in the Miller Lite. That's what we Lite got here. Miller Lite is the champagne of beers, isn't? It, wait, isn't they say that about something else? <laughs> they might, they might, but it's it's a fine pilsner. It's a tasty yeah. fine pilsner. I prefer it. Coors tastes like water. That's like, yeah, yeah. That's what my see. My grandmother drinks Coors Light, uh, and I'm like, because she that likes drink, kind of a badass though. So well, I don't know. Well, it makes it kind of a badass, but it's because I think it's a little bit lighter. She likes that, and like wine spritzers. So it's like for me, it's like Coors Light. So and I haven't had a beer in a long time, but yeah. it sounds like from what I remember, it was watered down. Whereas Miller, you're actually it's like it you're drinking. Feels like a you're beer. drinking a beer. Yeah. Yeah, and and avoiding the calories, and you can drink a lot more of them than you can with the Budweiser. Are we sponsored by them? The, we're, <laughs> we're not. We're sponsored by some other folks that, I'm, that you're kidding. very very well familiar familiar with yeah. but um but how, how have things been going for you how are you doing on this uh this fine wednesday man it's been great it couldn't be better sitting here chatting with you drinking a beer hell yeah um you know we were just talking right before we kind of press play but i've just kind of been in a in a writer's block period so it's always fun to try to see how you escape out of those yeah have those you been have you been spells. one of those before yeah definitely and i think um what worked for me last time was falling in love with music again as a listener yeah, and really appreciating just other people's work and other people's craft. Uh, because I think it kind of takes your ego out of like your own experience trying to write and create. Yeah. yeah. And you were saying that a part of what's created this, this, this writer's block you're in right now, it's, it's because of something else that's going well. You're out on yes, the road a lot. Folks are, folks, are, folks are paying money and going to see Harper O'Neill play on a stage. I, I have been. It reminds me, my booking agent was telling me that um, 
getting people to live shows is is so meaningful because it's causing them to spend two of the most important things, which is their time and their money. Yeah. And so um, figuring out ways to convince people to do that and spend time with you and your music is is a whole craft of its own, just like songwriting. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that trans, you know, transfers over to social media and promotion and learning how to like keep your brand aligned with all those things. So I've definitely been growing, I feel like, on that side of things. Um, I'm just, you know, looking for that high of writing the, the, the best song in the world. Yeah, know? yeah, no, and you, you got to do a lot of that last year. And like COVID was the year where I definitely found a group of friends that I didn't have before COVID or that I knew of, but became like family with them. Absolutely. And something I'm sure you you could relate to with Absolutely. That. The whole crew, I mean, we kind of just buckled down and, and paired off in different ways. And I was telling you, I got to track down Gabe Lee, which was so fun for me because now he's on the road every weekend. Yeah. Um, and, and he has, we wrote two great songs last year that are going to be on a project I'm putting out eventually at some point. Hell yeah. I'm still figuring that out. Uh, but it was fun because everyone was in town. Um, and I remember Gabe and I actually one time, because it was COVID, so, you know, there were times when people were more strict about, you know, not seeing each other and, yeah. and during those periods. Gabe and I actually found a way to, like, write songs via, like, voice memo. So I would, like, write a part and voice memo it, send it back. And then he'd add something and send it back, and I tweaked it and, like, sent it back. And it's actually a song I still sing out and, and enjoy a lot. No shit. And it was just a new way to do it. But yeah. it was, it was kind of neat because, like, when you're in the room with somebody – you have to respond immediately to their idea. Gives you more time to think doing yes. that voice memo strategy. When he sent it over, instead of having to do a knee-jerk reaction of, I like this, I don't like this, or, you know, having to respond immediately, I'm able to sit and be like, okay, well, what did he mean by this? And, like, you know, does it affect me? And I got yeah. to sit with it a little and see, like, does it make sense with the part that I wrote? And so it was a new way to write songs. And he inspired me, because he writes alone a lot, and uh, he inspired me a long time ago that, you don't need to get a song done in a three hour period. It's great if you do. And a lot of the best songs of all time were written so quickly, but he works on songs for months at a time, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it, it's never a bad song. It's just an unfinished song. Yeah. Like why rush it? Why rush? Maybe you don't have the life experience to finish the song at the time that you start. You've got this idea, but you've got to live out that idea. Yeah. You have to see what the end is. You don't know. Yeah. So I thought that's been, you know, a super inspiring thing I've learned from him is just, is, is, Letting the idea take as long as it needs to take to be written the way it's supposed to be written. Yeah, that's a good good lesson and good thing to pick up on right there. So you're from Texas originally, right? Yes, I'm from outside of Dallas, so Plano, Richardson okay. area. East Texas girl. Mm -hmm, kind of, northeast of North Dallas. E northeast, <laughs> northeast. That, that, I know Texas is like, it's. I've gotten to go out there quite a bit yeah. touring and stuff, and there's, it's like, I mean, it is, it is, it's basically its own country. It's and like, its own animal out there. You've got like the Western side where there's, it's very remote. Like, you've still got that Western style, like saloons, mm -hmm. things like that. You've got down south, like, you've got like places, I guess Austin's Austin, like San, San Antonio. Yeah, Houston, all yeah. that stuff. And then you got like East Texas, you got North Texas, all that stuff. So, what was growing up out there like for you? Well, I think it's interesting. I've seen more of Texas now, having moved out and started to tour than I did growing up. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's been really fun for me to go kind of to these different parts of Texas I've never seen before um, and and kind of experience Texas as like a someone not from there kind yeah. of. So it, that's been interesting. But 
Um, I loved it. I grew up right right outside of Dallas, and then I went to UT Austin for school. Oh, nice! Welcome horns, baby. So you all know, the way. So you know, so you know all about all about keep Austin weird and like oh, Austin. Oh yes, I did Texas. my best. <laughs> That's it's a wild wild town down there. It is a wild place, and when anybody's like, I'm visiting Texas, where should I go? I'm like Austin or bust. Like that is yeah. what you need to see um, if you go down there. Did you ever meet Matthew McConaughey? No, he's still, he started teaching at the university like two years after I left. Oh, I no. would have been a film major if that had been the case when I was there. <laughs> I wonder how much that film program, like how many more people are trying to do that oh, and I'm now that McConaughey's sure, involved. I'm pretty sure it was like already like kind of like hard to get into. Yeah. And I'm sure now it's just like, you know, you have to be serious about film, like prove that you're serious yeah. about film. Were you doing music stuff when you were going to UT Austin when you were living down there? So I studied advertising, so I didn't take any music courses or anything. What were you like playing? Was like, had the music bug bitten you? Yeah. I mean, like I had started, I did like those like local talent shows and things when I was like young growing up and, um, you know, I always loved music and I would write, you know, my songs as a kid or whatever and learn the, the, every Dixie Chick song ever, you know, made. Um, and then when I went out to school, I kind of was like, it's not feasible. It's just a hobby. So I'd play like on 6th Street doing cover sets um, for honestly just like beer money. And like I'd actually go downtown to like at the time we called it like Dirty Six. I don't think anybody goes there anymore. Yeah. Um, but it was like the kind of the wilder part of 6th Street. And I would play from like, you know, I do one of those four hour sets, you know, like eight to midnight. Or Basically nine to the, the Texas equivalent to Broadway. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. that's very fair. So. I would do that and then I would just go with all the cash in my pocket and go meet my friends downtown because they were all down there partying. So I would just like play these gigs, you know, make a couple hundred bucks and then just go absolutely, you know, blow it on the bar tab or whatever (laughs) across the street. So, but it was good. I mean, it taught me a lot about performing and um, I still loved it at the end of all that, you know? Yeah, I feel like if you can do a, like the four hour cover set, whether it's Broadway, whether it's Sixth Street, whether it's anywhere, if you know how to entertain people that just happen to be in the bar and mm-hmm. you got to play for four hours, oh, yeah. sometimes with breaks, sometimes without breaks, you're primed. Like that makes you such a better artist on tour from that experience. I completely agree. I think it's super character building. Just like A, to play in a bar where people really aren't listening. You know, they're kind of half listening. But then you win them over and that's got to be the coolest feeling when you first win them over. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a it's a craft, too. It's, you know, getting someone's attention, yeah. understanding your audience and like what kind of songs they want to hear and like what songs they don't want to hear. Yeah. What was what was your go to cover? What was your tip drug song? Oh, gosh. Back in the day. Well, OK, so that was kind of the, the period in time where people would like do acoustic versions of like rap and pop songs. So that was oh, a lot of my set okay. by request, like because yeah. that was so popular at the time. Um, so that's not my my favorite you know, memory. But what, what was like, no what, what, what song, what songs would those be? Oh no. <laughs> like, no, no, for real. What would they be? Because I see it. I used to work at uh, whiskey rail on Broadway. So I, okay. I was there from 2018 to about fall of 2019. So mm-hmm. I would see some, some people would do that kind of too, but maybe not as much as they I were in Austin. I don't remember what they were. They what was just, like a request you were like, I really don't want to play this, but I'm, I'm oh, going to have to play Oh, they would request like acoustic country versions of like Drake songs. Like it was bad. Like I should have never done it, but that was so hip at the time. But I mean, you have to do it when your job there is to entertain people. Well, I'm like, yeah, I'll sing it for a 20. Like, yeah. come on. Absolutely. So a lot of that and like just, you know, classic country. Were you doing that Kiki, that Kiki song? Oh, probably. Did you do that one? That um, feels like, boy, yeah. That's that time period. Because yeah. what years were you down there? Um, I graduated 2016, so 2012 to 2016. Okay. Yeah. Which was about, you know, yeah. when all that was cool. And yeah, like the was... mashups were such a thing. Yes, yes. So, I mean, 
you know, which is great for country To the music. window, yeah. to the wall. <laughs> Always. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In the Joker, every mashup has the Joker in absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, but no, it was a super character building time and I still loved it at the end of their, like end of that period of my life. And then when I graduated, I still didn't really think it was a, um, you know, feasible career, but actually I kind of have a weird story of how I ended up here. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with Creative Vets. Yes, I am actually. Okay, yeah. so it's a super cool program, nonprofit organization. And um, from, you know, I'm probably butchering their, like, you know, mission sta- their statement. mission statement. Yeah. But they help um, veterans, war veterans, uh, cope with PTSD through art. Yeah, great, great organization, great program, good people. And yeah. it's led by Richard Casper, who's just a hell of a guy. I yeah. just have the utmost respect for him. But when I was a junior, I went to Chicago for the summer for my summer internship. And I was living at the dorms of the Art Institute downtown. Um, and I was kind of thinking, like, I just turned 21. I'm going to go have this, like, you know, young, fun college summer at the Art Institute or whatever. And, like, the first day I walk in, I'm, like, looking around. And I'm like, these don't look like, you know, they're much older, you know. And Richard's there. He's, like, very tall, much older. And I'm, I'm like, walking to my room. And he's like, hey, you want to come have pizza? And I'm like, I guess. So I'm, like, sitting down with all these guys having pizza. And he's like, well, they're all veterans and they're here for my new program. And, you know, we're all d- going to go down to the Art Institute. You should come with us. So, like, I spent the whole summer with them just, like, hanging out. And then he said he had plans to move his program to Nashville to incorporate songwriting as part of the art that he used, um, you know. No, no shit. That's yeah. awesome. So, you know, we stayed in touch. But after the summer, I went back to school. I finished up and I got a job in Dallas. And I was working in financial services, um, in a marketing position. Big girl job. Oh, yeah. Big girl job, baby. I got that 401k. Hey. <laughs> and um, he called me uh, while I was there, and he was like, you need to come visit Nashville. You belong here. You have to come. And I was like, you know, okay, I'm not really super fulfilled in this work here, and, you know, I might as well. So I went out there to see Nashville. I stayed with him and his now wife, um, and they just showed me around town for like a week. And I remember I went to Revival one night, and Terry Joe was playing, who runs the Freak Show round. Yep. Love that round. Love her. Yeah, she's great. And she sang this song. And I was just so moved by this stunning song in this bar. There were like five people in there. Sitting on the church Sitting pews. on the church pews. There were, I mean, it was just a Tuesday night. And I just remember thinking, like, if that's just, if that's the type of stuff that's created here, like, I want to be a part of it. Like, I need to be a part and of it. And on a Tuesday night, like, you can't go other places and just have events like that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Absolutely. And I mean, I was, I didn't know, I didn't even know what to expect. But like I was truly moved by the song and just the whole lifestyle of it. So um, I left and um, went back to Dallas and immediately I was like, I got to start looking for roommates. I got to, you know, whatever. And about six months went by, I saved up some money and I found some great roommates on Nashville Rooms for Rent. Hey, Shout out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I ended up moving here. He was the only person I knew when I moved here. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you guys, you know, are interested, go check out the organization. They're always looking for great songwriters. Yeah, that is, that is a really cool, really cool story. So how'd you end up meeting like Ben and Meg and Tyler and that whole crew? So, um, Kendall Allard used to run sound at Revival. Okay. She used to be the sound girl there. I don't know if she does anymore, but shout out Kendall. I love you. <laughs> and, um, she one night after I, I was like a month after I moved here and I was playing a different round at Tin Roof and she pulled someone aside. I think it was Vinny because he was running it, Vinny or Rob, and was like, hey, you should have this girl come play at Revival. And, and so I ended up just like doing the round once. And I think 
you know, you just go enough times and you see the people there. And, um, yeah, I was just really, you know, thankful that she kind of threw me a bone and decided to like, you know, I didn't know how cool it was that she did that until much later when I kept going and, and seeing how wonderful all, all the, you know, songwriters are that play that round. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely just, you know, luck, I guess. And yeah. then they all, you know, we all got connected basically through revival. Yeah, and you guys are all really cool because one, you all are awesome people. Mm-hmm. Two, you're badass artists, and three, you're all super authentic to yourselves. You know, like thank you, I appreciate that. You're you. Tyler's him. Gabe's him. Vinny's him. Meg's her, like everybody is themselves. You guys are doing it your way. You're not like you guys are are going out and touring, doing what you got to do as like up and coming artists and all that stuff. But you're not like sacrificing yourselves. Do it like. It's the authenticity is so real, and that's what I love about the Fam Jam crew. Fam Jam crew, absolutely, and um, I, I really appreciate that because I think it's it's my favorite part as a listener when I listen to music is that authenticity yeah. when you can tell um, that it's coming from somewhere you know authentic and important to the to the either the writer or the performer. But I think with us, kind of, and I need to run this by them because I'm not sure <laughs> that this is the case <laughs> with everybody. Maybe it's just me, but. I don't necessarily think we set out to do something different. No, absolutely. I think we weren't very good at doing it the other way. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't really fit into the formula um, in a lot of ways. And so this is kind of what was left for us to do. And there's other folks that have done that before. I mean, I got I got a Muscadine record right there. Absolutely. They're, 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 doing, they're about to put out this new project that is so different from what they've done. But they say it's the most... Most this is what Muscadine Bloodline is, is what this new stuff is coming. Guys like Adam Hood. Yeah. Guys guys like guys like Channing Wilson, like people like that that are very American Aquarium, another great example. Yeah. Like they, they're still in that country mold, but fit that Americana term, which Americana Fest was something that just came through. How was that yes. for you guys? I know that was a pretty busy week for the jam fam or the it, fam jam. It really I like the jam fam jam, too. Yeah. Jam fam's good too. <laughs> That's yeah. when we get a little drunk, yeah. I think. We're <laughs> yes, the jam yeah. Fam. Flips over. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Americana Fest was amazing. I, I felt so honored to be a part of it. Um, and, you know, I brought my guitar player, Greg Jones, who's just fantastic. And we just did the duo thing that we've been kind of doing on the road. Um, thought about getting a full band together, but, you know, in, you know, efforts to being authentic, this is the set right now. Yeah. And it's just kind of us two. And we figured out a way to kind of fill it out and make it, um, make it feel take up well, a lot of space well, I, feel which like, great. Well, I feel like americana fest is a good place to roll that acoustic duo away because people really care about the words like that's the crowd that's going to appreciate the stories they're not just drunk in the room whatever they're there to listen they oh, appreciate absolutely. the art more than a lot of other fans do in the subgenres of country music that's such a, a an important note i mean they're definitely there because they love it which is great. And I, I, I forget um, all their names now, but um, all the other bands that night that were at the Five Spot were just fantastic. I mean, like, a bunch of, like, really kick-ass girls. The girl before me absolutely just, like, shreds on electric guitar. So it was um, also really inspiring. You know, it's always great to be um, challenged and to be put in rooms where, like, you see things that are going to make you better and make you want to go home and practice or make you go home and write. So... Um, it's really like nights like that that fuel the fire to like yeah. keep keep going, which is you know much needed. Yeah. Now, when did that fire you're talking about? When did that fire once you got here to Nashville start kicking in to where I want to write some songs and like I'm not I don't necessarily want to do what I went to school for, which I feel that same way because like I went to school for I mean I guess communications major I'm kind of still okay. did I'm still talking into the microphone. Yeah, you are. You still, definitely and are. And I'm doing the PR kind of stuff. Like I'm using those skills and whatever, and I'm sure you have skills that you use from college too. But like to make that leap to be like I'm gonna do this. Yes. So I think um, 
what is kind of helpful for me, sometimes I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I would have moved here sooner because I feel like I'd I be think we all we all say right that. Now. Yeah. But when I really look at my life, I'm very glad I moved when I did because I did what the alternative would be. So I went to school and I moved back and I got a big girl job and I lived in Dallas and and I had a good time, but I wasn't fulfilled. And so I think that's really when this whole spark ignited for me of of chasing this and being fulfilled by this because I've always known this has been fulfilling for me. Um, and when I saw that, you know, the other way my life would be wasn't as fulfilling, I didn't have any questions left. You know, yeah. I'm never sitting here like, I wonder what it would be like if I never did this. I'm sitting here being like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is what I meant to do. And, you know, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And now you're you're officially doing it full time now, right? I am. I did just quit my full time gig that it, I was so thankful for that job, but it got to the point where it was just a we all we all need the job to keep us here when we first get here. You Absolutely. know, we all we all need that. Like like I said, I used to bounce on Broadway. I had never done security a day in my yeah. life. I got thrown in the whiskey row and was confiscating bags of cocaine in the bathroom oh and taking God. fake IDs and breaking up fights and cleaning up drunk girls' messes all over the bar and all that. Man. But I and and but without that job, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have been able to move down here. You know? Absolutely. Just like with you. I mean, that that full, that that big girl job, like that was what you needed to move the to town. But now your passion's going so well, you're you're able to go out and do your thing. Yeah, it's 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 been a great adjustment, you know, to to realize that there, you know, are opportunities now in what was originally a hobby and a passion for me to create a life, yeah. which has been great. But um what I'm really thankful for about the job was I was planning to quit at the beginning of twenty twenty. And I had like got a little serving job set up that I was going, you know, I was going to work downtown on Second Street or something to kind of like subsidize some income or whatever. And this before my booking deals. I don't really know like why the hell I thought I could quit that job. (laughs) But then COVID hit right about like the week I was going to quit. Yeah, right around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So I was just so thankful that I was able to to hang on to that job um, and continue to learn from the guys there. I mean. There are still things I learned from my bosses there about marketing and about just work ethic. And, yeah. and so I, I'm really appreciative for that job and, um, you know, just all the all the things it gave me. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. Now, you've been able to go out on the road. You've been able to go out headlining shows. You've been able to go out opening shows. You've been yes. able to do a little bit of everything. Where have some of your favorite places been to or favorite places that you have gone so one of them was Joe's on Weed Street yes, in Chicago, yeah. and that's because Richard Casper, I went with him in the vets that summer to go see a show with Miranda Lambert there. She, her and her band did like a secret after show show there. Oh, no way. And so it was kind of a full circle moment for me yeah. because, you know, we had gone there that summer and um, it was so fun for me to text him and be like, I'll never guess where I'm playing. I'm going <laughs> to Joe's on Weed. And that was great. I got to open for Ian Munsick there. Yeah. And man, he puts on a great another, show. Another guy that's very authentic. Very that's, authentic. Yeah. Doing his own thing. Paving his own road. I mean, and um, I love his band's outfits were just incredible. They had these like black button ups with his branded bolo ties on. And it just, it absolutely was incredible. You, lo- you love that Western oh, shit, Oh, I don't love you? it. I love it. <laughs> Um, so that was a fun one. I got to play Green Hall, which was great. Yeah, Texas. That's the, the red dirt, like Texas that's like a staple venue right there. That's a oh, big yes. deal. As a Texas girl, that was a, a huge win for me. Um, and I got to open for Bruce Robeson and Kelly Willis. Hell and, yeah. you know, they've written some incredible songs. Um, and my, my whole family came down from Dallas. Like, we, we had like 30 plus people there um, in from Dallas, which was just a riot. So there have been some really great ones. And, you know, like when you get started, there's also some shows where you play for the bartender. 
But the truth is, you know, my guitar player, Greg, and I, we just have a blast playing. And every time we get up on stage, we're just happy to be there doing it, truthfully. Yeah. Like, there's nowhere else we'd rather be. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, you definitely see that. Like, you got to, like, kind of start out, and especially when you go to new markets, which mm-hmm. you're a Texas girl, but like you said, you're going to parts of Texas you've never been to, or you're going to Oklahoma, or you're going up. I'm sure you'll, if you haven't been yet, you'll be going up in the big sky country. Like I could see you doing stuff out yeah. there, especially if you're doing dates with Ian and, and there's seeing how, seeing where that, like your stuff, I think it's going to be huge out towards those markets. And, but early on when you go out there, you're not, it's tough to sell tickets. Like you can't expect to sell out a show your first time there. It's, you know, especially for me, I don't have any music out yeah, yet. Yeah. That's just, yeah. It that's another thing I wanted to talk about is what's, what's that been like? Because that's, that's cool to be going out and touring and doing all that especially without music out like folks are going to know the songs before they come out because they're listening to them and it's been great you know um i've had you know people after shows reach out on social media and be like hey like you know let me know when the record comes out i'm I'm so stoked i can't wait to buy it and that's you know super exciting for me to have some anticipation for it you know um the release but right now i'm just trying to figure out um if what i have is is the most authentic version of of my work um, and how to release it in a way that makes sense, um, aligning with the shows and just with where I want to go from here. So I have the, I have the songs done, I think. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out what it looks please, like. To please tell it. me Dark Bar Daisy is one of those. So I wrote that with Meg after I cut the EP. So that's kind of what I'm thinking too, is I gotta, I gotta maybe reevaluate <laughs> not to, and not add to, some songs. Not to add to your confusion with that, but I love that song. Thank there's you. there's a I lot of them. Those. And that's the thing too about, cause so when did you, when did you start cutting that uh, project? That was at the beginning of this year. So I was at the beginning of this year. So think about, yeah, that's what's tough. And that's something that I've heard from a lot of friends that that are artists is they'll be like, we got got this project set to release, but then we're so excited about the new shit. Oh, yeah. I'm sure your whole world changes. Like once you close that chapter, you start writing new stuff. You know, you start expanding your influences you but, start. but if you haven't put that out yet and you're like do i want to put out this stuff or do i want to put out oh, this exactly. stuff and that's the position you're in yeah it feels far away from who i am now but you know it's new to everybody else they've never yeah. heard it so um you know i'm just working on on figuring out how to also release effectively you know everybody can release music so easily now um that my biggest fear is that it would kind of just get lost in the shuffle and so trying to strategize around that has been... Um, and you having that marketing about. background, you're really thinking about <laughs> it. It's a good thing, but also kind of a curse because then you're like really thinking about this strategy. What about this strategy? How much do I got to put in this promotion? Should I promote on this? Should I post on this app or this Absolutely. app? Like, Absolutely. And with no music out, it's it's harder to understand who your target market is. Yeah. You know, because you can't really see the stats of who listens and yeah. who shares. What and originals who. have been getting like the best crowd response on the road? Um, People really like Over Me. Yep. Yep. They love that one, Dark Bar Daisy. All the all the gals love that. That was a song for the for the girls who like dive bars. Yeah. Um, and actually, I do this. I do two covers in my set, and um, those are always they always go over super fun. One is um, "It's Too Late" by Carol King. Hell yeah. And one is the Tracy Chapman tune. I'm drawing a blank on the name now. Give Not, me one reason. Okay. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. I could see you crushing that because I I always see you playing rounds. So I never yeah. I never I like I haven't seen a a Harper O'Neill show. You know and like Ooh, you gotta come like, whiskey jam next week. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. fuck yeah! I'll be there. Which yeah. one is it? You doing Monday or Thursday? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Thursday? Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. I'm pumped. 
But I think it's kind of cool because, you know, I do a version of country music like we all do probably in Nashville. But when I add those covers to my set, I think it provides some context about where I see the the songs going and, you know, where I see the direction of my music headed, hopefully. (laughs) Um, And it kind of aligns more with that like soul, southern rock kind of thing. Did you grow up listening to a lot of that? So I was talking to someone yesterday and um, what I think is, is funny in hindsight that I didn't really understand was special at the time was my dad listened to a lot of female artists growing up. Really? Which I, which I know now is not super common, especially, you know, for men like dads. Yeah. Um, but I definitely grew up around that type of music and in just like those voices. So I never thought it was, it was odd, but um, and now I'm forgetting your original question. Who were, like, who, what did you grow up listening to? Oh, what was, what yeah. was, what was a young Harper O'Neill in Dallas, Texas, the East, that area of Texas jamming to? So, um, obviously the main girls from that time period that like, I mean, Carol King is like my all time, probably favorite artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Dixie Chicks, I mean, Susan Tedeschi, I mean, like. Um, my dad likes Tony Price and Ruthie Foster and so a lot of the older shit. Yeah. And my mom is kind of like on the other side of that big James Taylor fan, like kind of all the guys from that time yeah. she really appreciated. So I got like a good mix. Um, and my dad is funny cause he says, <laughs> he says he doesn't like country music. He's like, I don't, I don't. I don't like country music, but he's like Gabe Lee's biggest fan. Like <laughs> when I tell you for Christmas last year, I got him two Gabe Lee records and all he does is spin those two records and he's still like, I hate country music. And I'm just like, what? Like you're the biggest country music fan I've ever heard. Yeah. He just loves it. I think he likes the songwriting, the storytelling, you know, he's not, of- he's not a guy that's going to crank up the local radio station, yeah. but he's a guy that if, if he like, he's going to go and see. That style of music. Oh, absolutely. The true, the the deep, deep storytelling style stuff. Absolutely. And I think, too, what I appreciate about my parents growing up is, like, they loved music. Like, they loved listening to it. There was always music on in the house. Well, I'm interested to hear this one. What was your first concert? Oh. Aaron Carter in the 18s. Hey, there you go. There's the 90s girl right there. Yeah, there she is. (laughs) Had to get that poster and everything. Are you kidding? how, How old were you? Oh, gosh. Had to be really young if it's an Aaron yeah. Carter show. I want to say like 10. Because Aaron Carter was the younger one. Nick Carter was the... He was in the Backstreet Boys. He was in the Backstreet Boys, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All them boy bands and oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was never a huge One Direction fan, but I am a Harry Styles fan now. Yeah, because what he's doing now, I mean, it's he's like... I I I didn't definitely didn't fuck with One Direction. I worked for a soccer mom radio station in Jersey, <laughs> so we used to play them all the time. Yeah. Played a lot of them, then followed by like Bruno Mars or T Swift or Bon Jovi, like oh, that yeah. that mix mm-hmm. station. And um, but his stuff that he's doing now is freaking cool because it's he's getting to be him. Oh like, yeah. I don't think he's got a label really telling him what to do. They're kind of like fuck it, Harry, you do you. It's working, whatever it is. Yeah. Keep going. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like how it kind of reminds you he's like the next, the latest like British like rocking kind of guy. Totally. Which is what's cool. Yeah, big fan. Hell he's yeah. actually in town this week. I'm trying to scalp some tickets. Or is he? Is he at Bridgestone? <laughs> I think he is. I was going to say he's got to be. A, he's got to be at Bridgestone. I'm sure those tickets are just like astronomical. Yeah, tick. Yeah, there's. Have you been to? Have you been to any shows like ticketed shows here in Nashville? Yeah. Well, I don't think I've ever bought a ticket. I think somebody always has an extra yeah. ticket. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever bought. Like, have you gone to like the Ryman before for a show? Have you gone oh, to like I guess Ascend I did buy or like to the Ryman? Who did I see there? I think I saw Mandolin Orange there. Oh, nice. 
I want to say it was them because I remember them um, going no mics and just standing at this at edge of the stage where like the acoustics are great. Just singing like and they sang a church. whole song just like that. I mean, and you could hear a pin drop. It's unbelievable. And I also saw Patty Griffin there. Oh, sick. Yeah, I was so bummed. I was actually going with Gabe and some friends, and we get there and. We missed the opener, and I didn't know who the opener was. And so I'm like looking through the the concert whatever thing that they hand out. It was freaking Lori McKenna, and I was so <laughs> mad that we were late to that concert because I was just what like, "Are, the are odds? you joking? What like, are the odds?" The the writer of writers, I, yes. you know, and I just had the audacity to show up late and miss the set. It yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, my first rhyming experience was Cody Johnson, and then mm. I've seen. I've done Jason Isbell there. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You're good. Oh, you're good. You're good. We'll get you. We'll get you some more beer. We we'll hit more than Mike. Oh <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw Kojo at the Ryman um, with Randall King opening, which that was like an introduction to Texas. Okay, for yeah. Me was seeing those guys, and I saw Isbell um, oh, with man. which that that was really cool. Um, and then I've seen. I went to that whiskey jam thing, and then. I saw the the Wallen show right before all of his shit happened, yeah. um, which was pretty pretty crazy. So. Man, so you've seen them all. I've seen quite a few. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I used to work next to it, being on Broadway. Which Broadway was? Did you go out on Broadway a lot? Like when you first got here? Or? I think when I first moved here, it was definitely the move. One of my really good friends, uh, his name is Justin Johnson, but his DJ name is Fustin Fonson, I think. Anyway, he <laughs> DJs down at the Underground on what the roof. Oh, Gavin DeGraw's bar. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so our, he's like now like the main DJ there. If you yeah. guys are in town, you should go check it out. Every weekend he's there. But at the time, he was kind of just getting started there. So he would DJ on that like second floor level. Yep. So my friends and I would go because he, we would just request the songs we wanted to hear. Like we knew yeah. the DJ. There was really no one else in there. So we're like, Shania Twain, like play it again. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think definitely spent more time down there when I first moved here. Now it's like. Maybe once a year a friend comes to town and they're like... That's just it for me. I only yeah. go when, when friends come to town. But for me, it was like working down there. It's like that was the scene because I hadn't really explored mid... I hadn't taken my ass back to Midtown yeah. yet, you know? Or, or gone over to East. East is a place I really got to start exploring more. Oh, I love it. I love it over there. I don't live over there, um, but Lake, I... Lakeside. I is, oh. Lakeside Tavern. That's is where a, it's at. That's a cool fucking place. And I thank you guys for bringing me over there that mm-hmm. night. Because after after uh, Peach Jam or Peach Fest. Oh, yes. We did go. Yes. I have Peach Jam, the second yes. Peach Jam. Yeah. And you You're were. So right. Yeah. And you, you are the biggest shit talking pool <laughs> player I have ever met in my life. I knew this was going to come what, up. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Tyler was telling me about it. I didn't fully believe him. And then we were there. Did you know those guys that you were playing with? No. Those old, they were like old, they were like grown ass, like older men. No, I don't remember this exactly, but I can tell you, <laughs> I definitely didn't know them. And you were, and you were, in, and like you'd miss a shot and just the look on your face. It was like the world was ending. <laughs> Pool is one of my favorite hobbies. Like I, I love the game. I love people who love the game. And I do become quite a shit talker and you, and you, and around you lo- the table. And I mean, you love like just the, because for me growing up, like we didn't really have that too much in New York, but I've seen that a lot going out on the road. Mm-hmm. People putting the four quarters down on, oh, the, yes. on the thing that they're next or whatever. Or it's so people exhilarating. People get really into it. Yeah. Well, I remember in college, there were a couple times like where they um, would make the guys that were playing pick like a girl to play. And so my friend always picked me because I was like an okay player. Yeah. And typically, you know, I don't meet a lot of girls who are, you know, interested even in playing pool. Um, so that's kind of like where I got started playing pool. My dad had a table growing up or whatever, but recently my mom was here. She's a shark. She's a killing player, like very good. 
And much like me, she plays better when you piss her off a little bit. Yeah. Like once, like once she's just a little angry. And man, she ran the table on these guys at Lakeside Lounge. It was a sight. It was a sight to see. It was amazing. I gotta, I gotta meet Mama next oh, time she comes to yes, town. I feel do. like me and Mama would have some good times together. I think you would. Yeah. I think we enjoy. At the end, she did a celebratory tequila shot, and hey, we were on our way. In perfect style. How often? How often do the folks come into town? Um, I think they've been. So it was kind of tricky during you know the COVID year, yeah. the heavy COVID year. Um. So, and I've only been here about three years now. Yeah, I'm, same for me. Yeah. Three, October's three. This oh, wow. next month, You're three years up. for me. Are you going to yeah. celebrate? I think so. I think we'll we'll do we'll we'll figure out something. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll have okay. a big big Trailside Delta Eight party. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we'll do well, something. You got to let me know. We oh, go to we, Lakeside. Oh, that's that that go. would be the perfect place for it. I promise not to play any pool. That no, night. you have <laughs> to play pool the whole fucking time. You have to okay, play. I'll pool. bring my mom then. Yes, and bring your mom. <laughs> your mom, mama's invited for mom sure. Mom is there. My dad's an amazing player too. Uh, but they come through uh, quite a bit. My sister has been a couple times as well. Um, and actually, when I first moved here, my first birthday that I had, it was my 25th birthday, which I feel like is like kind of a celebratory yeah. birthday. Like it's worth celebrating, half, you know, half, 25. Half, halfway to 50, quarter yeah, of the way to 100. exactly. <laughs> and I didn't really know many people at the time, um, but I had like nine friends from home <laughs> come, and we threw this huge party, and it was like Texas-themed. And they rented the house behind my house at the time. It was an Airbnb, and so they all stayed there. And it was just like a weekend of just like Texas-themed shenanigans. And for like a year after that, I'd have people come out to me and be like, oh, my God, I had so much fun at your Texas party or whatever. I'm like, I had no – like, I, I didn't know anyone. So I didn't know how these people ended up there. I guess, like, maybe the roommates invited them or something. But it was, like, a fun bonding thing as time went on through the first year I was here, really. That's awesome. Yeah, the first year here is always, like, gets a little blurry, definitely mm-hmm. gets a little fuzzy because you, you experienced Nash Vegas. And you got here around the same time I did. You got here 2018, you're saying, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we've even seen this town change a lot. In the three years we've been here. Definitely. There's been tall and skinnies popping up. There's a damn Whole Foods on fucking Broadway. Yeah, like the it's, Starbucks in East Nashville. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. they have they they've that whole fifth and broad thing. Like it's non mm-hmm. nonstop, like just how much this city's grown. Because you're OG, like people that have been here for a minute, you know? Yeah. Like a guy like Ryan Nelson or somebody like that who's been here for a while. Yeah. And they're like, Man, this ain't the town I moved to. But even for us three years later, it's like oh, yeah. grown tremendously. Absolutely. It's been it's been crazy to see and um, I don't know. I like this town because there's something new always happening. Yeah, I like that too. I, I I think it's you know refreshing. I know, you know, you lose some of the old charm too, which is a, a shame. But um, there's never a dull moment here. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. You know, I feel like every time I even leave for a couple of shows or a weekend or whatever, and I come Dude, back, so, I'm like, I feel like I missed out on so much. Yeah, Everybody's I, yeah, got new yeah, shit going on. Yeah, and it's kind of like high school or college, where definitely more like college, where. You go home for the holidays and like the whole town leaves yeah. because everybody's from somewhere else. Yeah. And like you said, like you miss that the FOMO. Oh, FOMO, it's so real. It's very real. Have you gotten over it yet fully? Because I'm still working on getting over it totally. I've gotten better now that I'm because I'm tired from being on the road that I'm like, I don't have to go out on a Monday. I don't have to go out on a Tuesday. Then there's other nights like I want to go out. I got to go out. I... I have FOMO, but I also, I'm kind of an indoor cat. Like, I, I have. <laughs> indoor cat. That's a great analogy right there. <laughs> I have to kind of, like, convince myself to go out and, and do some things and see some shows and stuff. And every time I do, I have a great time. I mean, like, I meet someone new or I see a wonderful show or something. But it always takes a little 
a little bit to get me out of the house. So that's something I'm working on too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where where all in town have you lived? Have you been in the same spot since you first got here? So or have I you bounced lived around a little bit. Over in Charlotte Park um, when I first moved here, and then I moved down to Germantown for the COVID year, and now I'm back in the Nations. Nice. So, kind of all what, on what, the side uh, of town. That was, yeah. On that that west side. Yeah. But you, but East Nashville is like a hangout spot for a lot of for you get for you and the crew. Yeah. And like, oh, I love it over there. I really do. There's just so many like cool dive bars and holes yeah. in the wall. And, and it's kind of nice because it's not Broadway because Midtown's starting to get really busy. Yeah. Especially on the weekends, mm -hmm. like which doesn't really affect if you're going out on the road. The weekends it doesn't really matter, right. so you can kind of go wherever during the week. But it's like East Nashville still has. It's East Nashville. I agree. Ness to it, if yeah. that's the best. And way there's to more pool it. tables over there. I oh, there's plenty say. more, yeah. plenty more pool tables. The drinks could be a little oh, bit cheaper. Yeah. You got friends over oh, there. Absolutely. You got you got Dukes. You got. Mm. Oh, where's where's some of your favorite late night munchie spots? Because I know oh, I know you're out with the crew. You all Dino's are. Dinos is a good one. Dinos, yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. There, what's, what's there's your, not a lot of late night food places. What, what's your Red Door order? Because I've learned that Meg McCree oh. and Ben Chapman love Red Door potato salad. What's your Red Door My order? My old Red Door order used to be a pack of Marlboro Lights from that city. Hey, <laughs> that's mine too. I have since quit. <laughs> hey, good girl. Yeah, good girl. So I don't go back to Red Door much because, you know, everyone's smoking outside. I'm guilty. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> I, I miss it. I miss it. But um, no, I think, that, don't they have a... Their nachos are pretty good there. Yeah, they have nachos. Yeah. They have like deli sandwiches, but they're oh, not like yeah, they they're do. like the the ultimate dive bar deli sandwiches. You're right. Like, Maybe like it's an attack. Like it's <laughs> yeah, but they take for and I think part of their strategy, mm -hmm. and and it could be it could be conspiracy theorist Matt coming out okay, here. Okay, let's hear but it. But I think that they take extra long to serve you drinks and serve. Oh, I'm I think sure. extra long to take to serve you food just to keep you in there because everybody goes in there and the way the the red lights are and then they turn orange and then oh, they yeah. turn yellow and then by the end And everyone you know it. shows up and you're just yeah. Yeah, it's it, Red Door just sucks you in. It really does. It Isn't just it sucks time you warp? in. Yeah. It is time warp. Um, which one do you like better, the one in Midtown or the one in East? I've never been to the one in East. They're just different. They're both great. No, just yeah. different crowds. Yeah, just different. You know, atmosphere. But they're both great. Yeah. 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 I see. Uh, if I if I quit the Marlboro Light habit that I've got, I don't know if I can go to Red Door. I don't know if I can go out because I don't drink anymore. And yeah. It's like I got it. Like the the cigs. I mean, I got I got this shit. This ain't good for you either. Yeah. Old Copenhagen yeah. ring right there. But um, where have some of your favorite bars been to like go to? Like, what was like what was like the first bar we were like? This is the bar I wanna. This is my hangout spot. Man, so I, I used to love Beyond the Edge, which they've just now reopened, but that's where's, a, where's a bar that in like Five Points East okay. area. Um, and we used to go there all the time when I first moved here, but then unfortunately got hit by the tornado, so it took yeah. some time to come back, but they're now like reopened. So were, were you, shout in, out. Were, you were you in Germantown when the tornado came through? Yeah, I was. Well, I had just we had just signed a lease there at one of the apartment buildings that the roof got ripped off of. So we had to go quickly find another another lease downtown. Jeez. I know. Luckily, you know, for us, we hadn't moved in yet because I mean that destruction was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so we we were down there just I think in March. I guess that would have been yeah the twenty twenty tornado hit like two weeks before the world shut down. Yeah. Oh no, it all came at once, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> 20, what 20, is happening? Twenty twenty just kicked our ass real quick. It really did. It just felt like an alternate universe almost. But yeah. um yeah, so I lived down at Peyton Stakes um, in Germantown for about a year. 
Nice. Yeah, it was cool though. They had like a rehearsal room in the apartment complex. That's that's badass. Yeah, with like that's equipment nice, like set up in there. That's a nice little perk. It who was need, a great. Who needs who needs who need sound check when you can go? You well, go downstairs to the rehearsal, the common area rehearsal space. And it was great for writing because, like you know, an apartment. I've I've been in apartments noise complaint wise where it's just not easy to to create music. Yeah. So I had a lot of rights down there. I mean, Zach Logan, I remember, and I wrote a bunch of songs down there. Um, Meg, who I write almost like all my songs with, um, Gabe, that's where we tried to go whiskey for whiskey and I failed oh miserably. What, what brand was it? I don't know. Just <laughs> whatever like, he's drinking. <laughs> whatever, whatever Gabe I didn't bring my own. <laughs> <laughs> Are you more of a, more, do you prefer writing in the morning, in the afternoon or the night? Because I know vibes are a big thing, and like sometimes sometimes you're vibier at night, and other times you wake up and you're like, "I'm feeling this." I would say either really early in the morning or really late at night. What's the latest you've ever written? Latest that night you've ever written a song? Have you had have you written a song and then like the sun's come up before? Mm, maybe no, probably not. Probably not. No, I don't think so. But Colin and I have a late night write this week, so I'll let you know how long Hell the write yeah. oh, takes. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that could go off in a lot of different oh, directions yeah. with you and Colin in a in a room. There's there's knowing both of you guys. You oh. guys are both both such fun like fun people. And, and he's such a can, deep thinker, and, yes. and we yeah. really get into like you know the intricacies of the song. So I really enjoy writing with him as well. I mean, you know these rings, you know that song. Yes. Yeah. He and I got that one together, and a couple other ones. But he's a great collaborator. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah. So so that's awesome. So so you've got the music cut. It's not not quite out yet. You're out on the road, busting your ass. Yes, you're sir. you're killing it here in town. Had a good Americana fest, doing your damn thing. Um, a song that's one of my favorites, and it's technically you're a feature on it, but to me it's a staple. Your bar now oh, yes. is just. I mean, me and me and Nikki T from Ray's Rowdy always joke like when we're at Live Oak. We're like, we got to take our, we're taking our asses yes. back to Midtown and we're walking. like, that. it's, it's lingo. Like, and I know we're not the only two people that say stuff like that because there's that song just, it's something that living in town or living anywhere, people can just relate to and, and the words in it. It's so freaking catchy and the way you guys harmonize, it's honestly one of my favorites. Like Thank you. I appreciate it's, that. it's a staple. Like whenever I, I whenever I see Harp Bruno or I see Tyler, Tyler Halverson out there out around, I'm like, I want to hear this it, freaking yeah, song. Where it's, is your Bruno? So that's like a cool example of what I was talking about earlier of just taking, letting songs take the time that they need to finish because that was a song that Colin and him had started, uh, just the two of them. And I think they had like verse, the first verse and part of the chorus. And then Colin said, you know, this kind of feels like a duet. I think you should call Harper. And so I was just over at Tyler's one day and, you know, he played it. I'm like, we have to finish this song. Yeah. And then I kind of wrote my verse and like we figured out the harmonies and the rest of the chorus. But um, it's just a great example of like, that song probably wouldn't be what it was if um, Colin didn't really have the foresight to be like, you know what? I feel like, you know, we need another we need another person on this. Yeah. So it's just a, that's a great example of just like letting the song take time to, to become. What yeah, it should and, be. and for it to have a guy's perspective and a girl's perspective totally. to tell that. So that's the perfect kind of duet right there. When yeah. you hear when you really hear both perspectives sides of, of the same story yeah, sides of know? the same story and and it's 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 awesome and i always enjoy saying the nikki t it's yeah. time to take our asses back, ass to, back. Mid, back to midtown <laughs> go get lost in the red door hole yes exactly hell yeah hell yeah. yeah so so it's been so it's been three years that you've been here what would you tell besides move here earlier what would you tell your younger self hmm. or first move to town Man, I think I would probably say 
um, to take your art more seriously sooner. And that just because you're creating it or you're creating it by yourself or, you know, you're just getting started, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hold value, you know. So that's something I wish I would have done sooner has been like, man, you really, you know, have a different way to do this and in a unique style and um, it's valid. And I wish maybe that that was probably one thing. And then my other thing probably would have been to uh, practice guitar more seriously sooner. You know, and, and really learn how to accompany yourself um, from a young age. I think that that's a huge advantage when you can move here yeah. and, and really play. So I think probably those two things. Yeah. How yeah. old were you when you wrote your first song? Oh, man. I hope nobody has that. <laughs> I think probably 13, 14. Okay. Okay. So you've been doing the writing. It wasn't just like like you've been doing the the like at least jotting things down in your oh, notebook t-swift style doing your thing yeah, yeah. teen absolutely um from yeah absolutely oh yeah. yeah oh that's that's always that's always good to always always good to like figure out when because some folks start later some yeah. folks start when they're really young but i feel like a lot most people start in that that 13 14 15 i think it's range. like when you're when you're starting to grow up and you have a lot of emotions and a lot of um uh, feelings and you don't really know quite what to do with them um it's just a great avenue it's like a therapeutic thing yeah. you know so i think that's probably how it starts for a lot of us is just connection and in feeling seen and understood but now i'm thinking about it and you asked earlier how we all got to know each other and actually kind of how we got i knew meg one time we were playing this round it was like two months maybe after i had moved here and that girl just walked up to me and was like let's write, let's be friends, like, let's go. And we got together, like, the next day and wrote still what I considered to be a really great song. And then I feel like the whole thing kind of just went off from there. Like, I'm just so thankful that she just was like, hey, what's up? You want to be friends? Like, yeah. that's something in this town that I think is hard to do authentically. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you, you have the people that just kind of hit you with the, we should write Oh, sometime. we should get together, man. man like, yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I, hey, I loved, I I'm loved... sure I'm guilty of that, too. Like, yeah. it's just, it's... I'm, I know I am. I, it's just part of the language, and 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 I think that speaks to the authenticity of the group. But I don't know why I just thought of that. But had to had to throw it in. There. No, because that's cool. Because like I know that Meg and Tyler had their internship together. Yeah. And then that all kind of got connected, and like Ben was coming up from Georgia and couch crashing I with X Y Z with whoever, whoever at that point. Yeah. yeah. I met Ben. He was like hosting revival for the first night or something, and I just remember standing next to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, haven't met you yet?" He's just like, "Hey, I'm Ben." Like, <laughs> it just I just vividly kind of remember meeting them all, but I don't really remember when we all kind of became friends. You yeah, know? and then like you said, during COVID, it's like everybody's got more time on their hands. Oh yeah, that's when people are like, "Hey, you want to come over and hang out on a Friday night since Absolutely. we since we're not out gigging?" You yeah, can... got to write with Nate Frederick a lot during that time too. What's What's writing with Nate Frederick like? Dude, Nate's one of my favorite collaborators as well. I think he approaches it from a totally different mindset that I really enjoy. So one of my favorites we got together is the song Landmine. Yep. Um, and the premise is like, you know, when you're dancing on a landmine, shit's going to blow up. You know, when you know it's not going to work, there's a point at which you'll figure out it won't work. Yeah. And I remember it was our first write together. And I went over to that old house he used to live in, kind of in the um, Berry Hill area. And I had never met him before and we sat in almost silence for like two and a half hours while he kind of just thought about it and then we wrote the song in like 30 minutes because he just he likes to fully understand the topic and like fully you know let his mind go all the way yeah. to the end of it and then 
he'll kind of just throw things out. I remember he threw out the first line of that song is reminiscing or am I missing you? And I was just like, where the hell did that come from? That's so <laughs> cool. Like, you know, when I thought I'm sitting there for two hours, I'm like, okay, d- does he hate the idea? Like, does he, you know, whatever. But he's just, you know, processing it in his own way. So I really enjoy collaborating with him. Yeah, that's something I don't experience. I'm not a songwriter. I got no musical bone in my body. Thank God I can talk and I'm, I'm a decent oh, enough hang with all- No, I don't. And, I, and I'm okay with that because yeah. I got so many friends that have, their whole body is musical bones but but that is that like those that first time writing with somebody Mm -hmm. is that is that a tough thing to do like you meet somebody at the bar you don't really know them and they're like we should get we should write especially when you first move to town you're really kind of taking any opportunity you can get because you don't have your oh yeah you don't have your circle yet yeah so that's got to be a weird and interesting thing especially as a girl too writing with writing with guys like does that ever has that ever been like a weird thing Yes, absolutely. So I think, you know, any any right you have with anybody, the question is, you know, how vulnerable you're going to be willing, how vulnerable you'll willing, you're willing to be. <laughs> yeah. I can't get my words w- out. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah, words are hard. I'm a great songwriter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> how vulnerable you're willing to be kind of affects the whole right. So if you're not willing to share your idea that might be stupid, you're probably not going to get a good song because when you share your maybe silly idea, you might you know, charge them to think about something that they hadn't thought about. And then you go from there. So whether they're a new new co-writer, a writer, you always have it. The question for me is like, how open am I going to be with this person today to share, you know, any idea that comes to my head? Which is why now life has become, you have your, your folks you like to write with. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure you don't turn down an opportunity to write with some, write with someone else. Like you're not just like closed minded with that, but like you have, you have your folks that you're like, these folks get me. I totally. know, I know, I know a lot about Meg. Meg knows a lot about well, me. Well, I was going to say Meg's another great example is just like, we're such good friends and she understands me on that level that like we, when we write together, it's so funny because we'll either, one of us will say something and the other will just be like, no, that's stupid. And we're like, yeah, no, that's stupid. But it, there's that open level of communication where we're not worried about hurting each other's feelings or like. You can be honest. We're just trying to write a good song. Yeah. You know, and whatever it takes to get there is what we're going to do. You know, we usually like once a month or so just like have a night and like block it off and just like get drunk and write three or four songs and then like meet up like a month later. Write three or four songs oh, in a done night? It. Oh, yeah, we've done that. You serious? Times. Yeah. How long, how long does that, what's, so you I block mean, off a night, what is that, like seven to midnight, seven to whenever, and then go to, go to Lakeside? Yeah, absolutely. We'll go get a beer, get lunch, like sit on the back patio and just like I've heard the, I've heard the back patio oh, is yeah. like, a, has been a spot for so many songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but she's, you know, we've always been able to kind of have that, that co-writing connection. But as far as, um you know, writing with guys and with girls, there definitely is like a difference of. Um, what I feel like my role is in the room when it comes to those things. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. It's just kind of sometimes the way it shakes out to be. Um, but I've had a couple times. I, I found this to be the case more with some guys, and I've joked about it with you know girlfriends of mine, but um, sometimes you have to convince them it was their idea for them oh, to kind of get on board. Um, and that's not to say you know anything about the quality of man or the quality of writer. It's yeah. just sometimes... You know, I always say that girls kind of start at zero and have to prove themselves and guys kind of start at 100 and have to, yeah. you know, they can only lose. Ego. Yeah, there's there's something there. And, uh, you know, luckily I've been able to surround myself with men who are just like so collaborative and they appreciate just good work and it doesn't really matter, you know, where it comes from. So, 
you know, I've never really had that problem with had, like my crew and you, you, know, those guys. you ever have a right early on where it ended up being that it was like it was with a with a dude or with a girl. And it was like that, like the very like cliche, like bro country style or something like that. Like that's the direction it was going. And you're like, this isn't me. Have you had those well, rights before? I think, I think maybe. But, you know, something that I talk about a lot with my friends is. You know, you need to just write what's in the room. Okay. So I've never felt like I was, you know, better than a song that we were writing. Sometimes I felt ill-equipped to write the song. That's what. That's more what Absolutely. I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been like, oh man, I don't, I don't know how much value I'm going to bring to this. But you know, if that's the song that's in the room, you know, the the best thing you can do is write that song. You know, yeah. that's just what I've you know tried to learn and tried to and and truthfully. There's something to learn from everybody that you come across in a write. Like, there's something that they do better than you. There is. is there, there just is. Yeah. Is there is there value to be in that that youngest writer in the room? Have you had Have you had that moment before oh, where you've absolutely. written with someone and you're like, and you're you're just kind of soaking it up and learning? Have 100%, you had? Hundred percent. I've had a few writes I can remember where I just I felt like I got my ass handed to me. Like I was like maybe I said two words in there, but that's part of it. You know, the part of it is being the worst, most inexperienced one in the room but you're and learning. learning. Yeah, yeah, you learn so much, especially early on. Absolutely. And like, you know, you know, individually what you struggle with. And like, when you come across somebody that's so good at what you struggle at, like it, it is a very intimidating process to like overcome. Like it's, it's, it's wild. But I mean, you know, the only way to do it is to go through it and yeah, to sit in those rooms. It's like it's like jumping off the hot end at the town pool. Only way to do it is just just fucking do it. You yeah, know? That's, absolutely. That's, the way, that's how it goes. So you got Whiskey Jam coming up because this is dropping. We're recording this on Wednesday, dropping on Monday. So Whiskey Jam on Thursday. Yeah. Well, you got any got any other tour dates coming up? You got anything you want to plug? I'm really excited about Josh Abbott Fest. Hell he yeah. He has been such a wonderful champion of me. I mean, he saw me playing at Revival one night, picked me out of the crowd and like, has just supported me so seriously. Te- Texas all the way, man. Texas all the Te- way. Texas forever right there. And that was a, you know, Green Hall and getting to meet Josh Abbott were two of my like Texas accomplishments yeah. so far. So super excited about Josh Abbott Fest. And then um, in November, I'm going on the road with uh, Ward Davis for a couple days. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we're going uh, northeast kind of up there. and um, Northeast, like where? New York, D.C. Have you Have you been up there before? Uh, not for music, but I've okay. I've traveled up there before. Okay. So, but I'm really excited to get. I was gonna there. say you go, you go to New York. Let me know if you need any recommendations. That's I my neck of the woods. We'll, we'll get you, we'll get you to the best dollar slice of pizza you've ever yes. had. You know they got them on every corner. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you know Ward has been so wonderful. I was able to do some BGVs for him recently on his oh, new project sweet. coming out, and um, he's been super supportive. And um, so I'm, I'm excited about that too. So yeah, much to look forward to this year. Hell yeah, that's awesome. That's I'm I'm proud of you. I'm it's oh, great to, great great to see great to see friends killing it, you know? Yeah. That's what it's all about and it's really cool to see yourself, see that that whole crew, the fam jam, after a couple of beers, the jam fam. The jam fam. Out there absolutely. out there crushing everybody going out on the road doing what they love and uh I think I speak for everybody when I say doesn't matter what song it is, but when you put that first single out, we are all going to stream and buy Aww. and love the shit out of it and cannot wait. Well, thank uh, you so would you, much. Be, you be cool playing playing a song for Absolutely. us to wrap this on up? Uh, which one you want to play? I don't know. What do you want to hear? I mean, Dark Part Daisy. All right, that's, you got that's, it. That's, that's, that's my favorite. Well, while Harper grabs that guitar, make sure you guys follow our girl, Harper O'Neill, on all the socials. Harper O'Neill Music, right? Harper O'Neill Music, yeah. Yep. Original. Original? <laughs> And then are you on you're on the ticks of talks? On the TikTok, yep, Harper O'Neill Music. Yep. 
I want you should do some pool content on. Uh, oh man, that'd be I hilarious. Should. That'd be I hilarious. Should. That'd yeah. be hilarious. But make sure you follow our girl Harper O'Neill on all the socials. Um, check and see if she's going to be coming to your town. She's about to hit the road with some folks, and um, and yeah, be on the lookout for new music, debut music coming from our girl Harper O'Neill. And um, but while she's getting the guitar, um, quick shout out to the sponsors. Whale Tail Media, make sure you check out our boy Whale, Saxman Studios, a great studio here in town, our proud partners in this. And of course, last but certainly not least, our friends in the green world from Trailside Woo! CBD Emporium. They've got a brand new product. Um, they're making their own disposable pens now. And they they debuted it around last night, and they were a huge hit. They brought like 30 units. They were all gone by the first hour. So people are really liking them. So go on, check them out, trailsidecbd.com, promo code ITR at checkout, 20% off your order. Now we're going to let our girl Harper O'Neill take it away. This is Dark Bar Daisy. Y'all have been listening to the In The Round Podcast. Nothing new under the sun So I wait for the moon to shine I've always bloomed a little later Closer to closing time You can find me in the back Where the neon's a little bright Thank you.